Hello, welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts, a podcast where you, our listeners, can become part of a conversation with us. We are three therapists who are going to talk about the good, the hard, and all the in-betweens of life. Come join us. Welcome to Thoughts on Thoughts. We're so happy to have you guys here today with us. This is Taylor, KJ, and Jessica. And today we're going to talk about the holiday movie. No, the movie, the holiday. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) How does one say this properly? We're going to talk about a movie today called The Holiday, starring Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, and Jude Law. And, and some other Black. people too. And Jack, and Jack Black. Black. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Why why wasn't he first on the list? He's super great. And, and Lindsay Lohan is in there for a moment. Pardon me? Just what? she's just in the, she's in the movie that Cameron Diaz is oh, editing. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Her and James Franco. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Those I guys are both them. a big deal. <laughs> you know they are. They really are. This is a star packed feature film from when was it made? Do you guys remember? Let me do a quick Google search. Ooh, a Google search. What a handy tool that we have. Who else was in it? It was that guy. 2006. What's, oh, what's sorry. His name? From the, A Knight's Tale. What's his name in real life? Oh, Jeffrey Chaucer? Je- really? No, not Jeffrey. No, the one with the dark curly hair. Bad he guy. plays Jasper in The Holiday. Oh, I hate that guy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Ooh. He always plays the bad, not always. In the two films that I recognize him from, he plays the kind of bad, sleazy character. Yeah. I was thinking about WandaVision, which I have been watching. In that <laughs> Jeffrey Chaucer, but also I'm like, those are like clearly we're talking about the holiday, not about what I watched last night. <laughs> Cool. I'm here. My brain is coming alive now. I love it. So, oh, KJ, did you find a date? Yes, it was uh, released in 2006. Oh, so such a good this year. Movie so far has stood the test of time, mm-hmm. and it's, it's known for like one of the most popular holiday movies, right? Or yeah. Christmas time movies. It is the most popular <laughs> the holiday movie. <laughs> It's called The Holiday. Anyways, this movie, guys, we got to unpack this. It is riddled with insecure attachment. Honestly, this relates to so many topics. A little bit? (laughs) I'm joking. It's a lot of it. It goes along with so many topics we've talked about on the podcast. Cameron Diaz's character. Let's start there. Wow. So she is this successful powerhouse woman. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the movie, we see her throwing her boyfriend's clothes out, basically um, accusing him of infidelity, mm-hmm. which he admits to. And then we see her struggling to cry. Mm-hmm. Like she's like trying she, to cry. Yeah. She cannot get herself to cry. So this, to me, basically tells me she is an avoidant. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
who cannot uh, kind of overcome being numbed out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she even like has that desire, which I think is the driving force of the rest of the movie is that she wants to get over it and wants to move forward. But like she is fully stuck in avoidant attachment and avoidant of just like emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's self-aware enough to realize that she needs to work on some of this in order to be in a healthy relationship and to or end in order to have some self-care, which is, I think, why she looks to do this house swap with Kate Winslet's character, Fanny. Franny? What's her name? What is her name? It's, um... It's very British. Iris. Iris. (laughs) So, Cameron Diaz is Amanda... Yes. And then Kate Winslet is Iris, not Franny. <laughs> like Franny Bryce? Like when I said you kind of felt like I, was I know, right. I know, yeah. We both were like on board, yeah. like it could be that. Yeah. Like, oh. It fe- it sounds interesting, but it feels wrong. Yeah. Her house feels like a Franny's house. I think yeah. that's where that really came from. It, you know, so she has that Franny vibe. Definitely. That very cozy cottage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So let's identify the main character's attachment styles, and then we can kind of talk about how they intersect. So mm-hmm. moving to so Iris. Diaz is avoidant. Yes. Iris is anxious. Is anxious. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah, leave so- the guy alone. Yes, that's how her story unfolds in the beginning is we see her basically obsessed with Jasper Jasper at her Mm -hmm. office. Mm -hmm. He strings her along. He's usually in a separate relationship with another woman, but she just kind of fawns over him, waits for him to call. When he doesn't call, it emotionally wrecks her, etc. So our classic anxious avoidant trap. They're a very good example of that. So her on her own, she's anxious and carries that with her. But then they're in this anxious avoidant trap, which is really hard to kind of get out of, which you'll see as the movie progresses, you know? <laughs> and then we have Jack Black, who is introduced secure. in Iris's story, but he is securely Secu- attached. He does yeah. have an interesting relationship with um, a girlfriend through the Yes, movie. but I think he is very genuinely in that relationship and she Genuine. is not. Yes, absolutely. So she would definitely be more point. avoidant. Yeah. Yeah. So she is not there, but he clearly is devastated by that because he was invested so. in the relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it shows that he's secure in that when she breaks things off with him, he does have a moment where he considers going back to her, right? Like she reaches out, comes begging, but I think he kind of assesses it and is like, that is not healthy for me. And he lets right. it go. And I can Which be okay a- alone. Like yes. I can be okay without her. The true hallmark of someone who is secure is I would. I do not want to be in an unhealthy relationship. I would rather be in no relationship if that's what it comes down to, you know? Mm -hmm. So that is a true secure will be okay on their own waiting for the right person who can treat them the right way. Mm -hmm. And then we have Jude Law. Who is his name? 
Charles? No. <laughs> George? No. What is it? Yeah. I feel like whenever you start with a suggestion, it just Graham. like derails. Graham. Graham. You got it. <laughs> so we have Jula's character, Graham, who is the cis brother. He's a brother of Iris. Yeah. He's a widow and he has two children. So we see we see Graham in like kind of an interesting scenario. I don't we don't really know much about his previous dating experience. Other than he had a steady enough relationship to have two kids with someone, right? Exactly. So who knows what that relationship was really like, but we would assume I I would say based on his relationship with his children that is shown, he's very secure. Yes. And he has as, a good relationship with his sister and with his kids. And as he starts to interact with Amanda, he's very interested. Oh, like yeah, very he, yeah. yeah. He's not viewing it as just like a random one night stand. He's like, oh, okay, I'm here. We're gonna spend time together, then you're gonna leave, and then Yes. I don't want to give away the ending. You guys will just have to watch it. <laughs> and then we have Jasper's character, right? And Jasper is other than being a skis ball super skis well jessica already mentioned that he is an avoidant yes a bad person avoidant yes mm-hmm. just remember that, that one avoidant doesn't equal infidelity and stringing nope. people along all the time but he is a good example of someone who is that person mm-hmm. yes so let's start with jasper and iris because i think that is a really interesting dynamic mm-hmm Because you see him, and let's talk about this because I think maybe this could be confusing since he is avoidant, but he keeps circling back to her. Like, we see her kind of go through this cycle of, like, really crying after him and then her getting all of that out and having, like, some catharsis about how... She doesn't need him in her life. And then she kind of circles back every time he gets in touch. And I think his pattern's really interesting that he circles back to get in touch. So what would you guys say that is? Like why, what's driving him to keep reconnecting with her? Really, that's very classic avoidant. There's a reason that there's the anxious avoidant trap and they both stay in the relationship. It's because the relationship fulfills beliefs um that they have about what a relationship is and so they continue to come back to it because it fulfills that belief so for him his belief is like i have power i'm powerful i'm desirable people like me um women need me kind of a thing and so whenever that that self-esteem kind of goes down he'll come back to her to find it again and be like okay i can always depend on iris to fill me up and make me feel needed again and then there's also kind of the part in the holiday specifically where he's using her for like work and stuff where Mm. he's taking advantage of that. And that's probably another reason he keeps coming back is like, he knows she'll say yes, you know, and it's easier for him that way. Yes. And Iris is interesting in that dynamic because like Jessica said, he comes back because he likes to feel needed and boy, does she need him. She really, it's not just kind of like, oh yes, like I'm really interested in being in this relationship with you. It's she is desperate without him. She is empty without him. So when she interacts with him, it really does fill up that sensation of being needed. However, Jasper cannot maintain that because he's an avoidant and it frightens him. 
And so that's when he shuts her off and then gets his away time from her. And then when he needs her, he comes back in and gets what he needs and then shuts her off again. So sad. (laughs) Is so sad. And you can see that anxious attachment in her so well when you see what he says to get her back. And it's like the smallest things. Like he brings up a memory mm-hmm. or something that she did or wore and she'll go, you remember that? Mm-hmm. And that's like all it takes for her to be like, oh, he thinks about me to the extent of like putting her heart on the line again. Mm-hmm. So watching Iris throughout the movie, what do you guys think it was that finally got her to just break free of, free of that trap and let it go? I think first distance really helped her because she was, I mean, she worked with him. So it wasn't just this relationship that came and went all the time. She would see him almost daily, you know, and so that was really difficult. So I think her actually leaving for for a prolonged amount of time and it kind of seemed to the movie that she had never done that before because he even said that he was like, what? You don't do this. Like you don't go anywhere. And she's like, well, now I am. So I think distance really, really helped. And then the presence of secure beings around her. She lived isolated. She did have her brother, who we assume is secure. um, But somebody outside of her family, she then started interacting with Jack Black, who was secure, and her next-door neighbor friend, that old man who was so sweet. And he reminisced about his secure marriage of however many years with his Mm -hmm. wife. And so I think that she started to – interact and be around secure people she started being filled up in a way that she hadn't before which i think she realized that she could ask for more and expect more in a relationship because she had like taylor said these secure relationships to kind of like see like oh people do want to be there for me like genuinely because they like me you know and maybe i'll be there for them too Mm -hmm. hopefully Hopefully well it's really It's interesting, too, because these were two people who she did not have any history with, which I think was also an interesting element. It wasn't like, oh, this is Iris. I've known her forever. I might feel obligated or responsible for her or whatever. These were two, you know, pretty much strangers that she came to. And then they started like serving, like doing acts of service for her and showing her that they believe she had value. And I think she also... I mean, this isn't like super clear in the movie from what I can remember, but I think she also sees how Jack Black is treated by his girlfriend or his ex and maybe has some realization of like, oh, this is what I looked like to people who have been trying to talk to me about Jasper for years. Mm -hmm. I think that that is generally a good way to get out of that anxious avoidant trap is to start to like, I see it in media or in your friends and be like they're allowing themselves to be treated pretty poorly oh my gosh I am the same and then you know just realizing that if you stand up for yourself people will treat you right you know Mm -hmm. so we already kind of dug into the Jack Black character is there anything else about his secure attachment that you guys think is important to note not other than I just love him (laughs) He has such a good character. So genuine. I love it in the movie. As he plays this character, he's so genuine. You know yes. what I mean? Like, yes, of course. 
Okay, so let's talk about Amanda and Graham. I mean, Amanda and Graham are interesting because it starts as like a very one night stand kind of vibe. Physical attraction. Yeah. Yeah. Just like we're both two very attractive people. Let's see what happens, you know. So it starts out pretty physical pretty quickly, right? It's kind of like a weird start, but then it, it gets pretty deep pretty quick where she meets his kids and finds out what his like real life story is and stuff. And they kind of put aside this pact to just like keep it over the holiday, I guess you could say. Right. And so gets deep, but I think she really was willing to quickly shed that avoidance in favor of someone who made her feel safe and who was showing her that he was safe, you know, and she wasn't totally a hundred percent on board, right? She still leaves because she's like, this is nothing, you know, but I think then obviously I don't want to give away the end of the movie, but things turn out okay for them. Favorably in this rom-com. Yeah. (laughs) Which we love about a good rom-com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because, like Jessica mentioned, she's slowly I, – I like watching her progression. At first, she's a very frustrating character for me because I'm like, you're clearly closed off and now I'm like, stop, you know. But at the same time, it's kind of like I like watching her take small steps. It's like she invites him in. She talks to him or whatever. And then they have the romantic encounter and then she's – you can tell like the next morning she's like, oh, you're going to go? You're going to go like what's going to happen. But then she like invites him back and then they start talking more. And then she even agrees to like a really romantic day where there's actually like no romance or no sexual encounter during that day. It's just like having fun and getting to know each other and talking. So I like that she takes that step of disclosing information about herself. I think that's a good step for an avoidant to let other people in slowly And then she like – it's kind of like that vulnerability thing that we talk about. Like you disclose about yourself, see how the person responds with safety, and then they disclose to you, and then you respond with safety, and then that builds intimacy. And that's why it was so difficult for her in the end was because she had created an emotional intimate attachment with him, which then allowed her to feel things that she hadn't felt in a long time, stop numbing, and then proceed forward with the relationship maybe that's what happens in the end we talked about how like with iris and jack black's character who we never actually figured out his miles name. miles, miles. miles. <laughs> oh, so we talked about with iris and miles kind of iris seeing this secure attachment modeled for her and how that helps her kind of heal a little bit But I think we also see that with Amanda and Graham because Graham kind of models this, you know, being in touch with his emotions and he cries and feels things and Amanda sees him do that in response to kind of like their relationship. And then we see her actually get to a point where she can feel her emotions and cry when she kind of realizes like, oh, I'm not going to be with him. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's like really powerful. I mean, obviously, in this movie, the timeline is very small, mm-hmm. and realistically, that change in healing would probably happen over a longer period of time. But I think it's a good example of really looking for secure people in your life to model some of that for you and help you feel like, 
it is okay to cry or it is okay to be sad that we're going to be apart or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Let's talk for just a moment about the real star of the show. Arthur. Arthur. Oh. Yes. Right? The elderly gent. Uh, he just is like the most pure, perfect little guy. And I just love that you know that Cameron, okay, that Amanda had like no interaction with him. No idea who he was. <laughs> but then Iris really just like finds him and is so kind and just like really lets him in. I love that. That shows like the deep heart where she really does love and wants to be loved in a really nice way. I think Arthur is a really nice guy for kind of like not being really old and mean, which I hope to not be old and mean later, but I can't guarantee that, you know, you'll probably be old and mean. Yeah. I know. Right. (laughs) Because I mean, I probably would be a little bit grumpy if my body doesn't work and stuff, but I already am actually. So let's be honest (laughs) about that. But I do think that Iris shows like a very kind hearted person, which I think is an advantage of that anxious attachment style is that deep desire to be loved and to be very good at loving. But I think she places her love in the right person with Arthur, which I just love. I have a soft spot for anxious attached people, you know? Because I think it's coming from a very place of just wanting, wanting love to and- love and to be loved. Yeah. Yeah. What's so, wrong with that? Nothing. Just you're just choosing the wrong people is when it's a problem. Yeah. But I really like Iris's storyline in that. And like, spoiler alert, but I do feel like her relationship with Miles could work out. I'm skeptical of Amanda Amanda. and Graham because Mm -hmm. I do think when Amanda does leave and goes back across the ocean that distance is actually not healthy for an avoidant that's like an avoidance playground yep she would have to really be fully 100% changed by the time that happened and movies are not real life but I do agree that I think Iris and Miles because he's so secure and he offers that secure base that really has like the legs. But I do agree with like, if uh, Amanda and Graham stay together, who knows? Right. Yes. True. But then you also add a dynamic of like two kids being a step parent, you know, and stuff. And so that's a whole other thing. And he is so secure that he has a very secure attachment with his children and like a priority over, you know, a priority and, you know, obligation to them and that secure attachment. So if she's being avoidant, that would definitely lead him to prioritize his children versus that relationship in the sequel that I've created in my mind. So that we've been waiting 17 years for. Yes, exactly. Would we even want to see it now? You know, so I feel like someone out there is like, I'm going to write the holiday sequel. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> please, please, please. We will. They don't end up together. Done and done. Oh, no. I really like where it ends. It it ties it up nicely and helps us have all of those feel good feelings about 
people healing and overcoming things and ending up together. That's beautiful. That's why we watch it every Christmas, you know? Well, I always enjoy these movie analysis episodes, and hopefully you guys did too. So just a couple reminders, if you could subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. It really just helps us out so much. And also, if you love hearing about this attachment stuff and you feel like it really helps you in your relationship, we do have a relationship course that digs into this way more in depth, and you can find that link in the show notes. Happy holidays, all. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I hope your the holiday is nice. Thanks for joining us today. We want to create a community of inclusion where we can have conversations about topics that you need help with or have questions about. We want you to have a voice in this process, so please let us know what you want to hear about on future episodes. You can email us at thoughtspod at gmail.com, and if you search thoughtspod, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All original music is composed by Milan Bryich from Valley of the Bears, and our logos are by Rick Thomas. Thanks for joining us.